Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady, who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching the <laughs> <a> documentary. <laughs> Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage. On WGR. You good? Not little yes. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. Oh, if there's an open making fun of Nate, it means the person that likes making fun of Nate is the one behind the mic somehow. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer in for Nate Geary. We don't even have a Zach Jones today. We've got Josh Smith behind the board. We're hanging out with you from 11 to 2. Today, from this morning slash afternoon, thanks for hanging out with us here today on WGR. It's going to be pretty much an all GR style kind of guest list today, too. We got Brian Koziel coming on around 11.30. Pat Malcaro joins us at noon as well. We'll be going round and round with all the sports here today as we can start with football, hockey, PGA Championship next week. Want to get caught up on the Jays because of the fact that, hey, they played in Buffalo last year and that kind of made me a fan of them. Uh, and Josh's got the Blue Jays shirt on right now as well, so we'll get caught up with Pat as well, see how they're doing, not just in the MLB circuit, but with Buffalo as well, and see how the Bisons have been holding up as of late. And obviously, we'll start with something fresh. The schedule came out a couple days ago on Thursday, and one of the coolest things for a Bills fan happens right away. Right out the gate, the Bills are playing against the Rams. And it made me think of something that, after a couple days thinking about it, it's just like, huh, why is it still weird to me? And I know that there are plenty of others that would not think this way, plenty of others that would. Some people still are not used to the fact that this team is for real, this team is on paper the best team in the league, and that it is a little weird to say, hey, this team got picked to open the season because they are a draw. It was probably the most appetizing game when it came to home opponents for the Rams. It was the Bills. And plenty of us were thinking months in advance that maybe they don't use that game because they need to sell high on a like a week five Monday night matchup or something or a week week ten Monday night matchup. No, they chose to open the season with it. And instead of 
Who knows when the Bills play the Rams? No, we get it right out the gate. The Bills, the favorites, the betting favorites, to win the Super Bowl, take on the team that just won it. If you want to be the best, you beat the best. And it's still weird to me that they got picked for it. Even though I know how good this team is. Even though I know how dynamic their offense is. And that they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, bar none. But they get five primetime games. And in addition to that, they get the first game. I don't know what it's like to have the consistent success. Because of the fact that growing up, I was only a tiny child with the Super Bowl runs. And I got a big old 17-year playoff drought. But the Bills start back-to-back primetime games. And that's just cool. Not as cool as whatever they decided to do for their video for the schedule release. That was just bizarre and weird. But there are plenty of fans that think like this, though. That it's not normal to realize, hey, they're going to be on primetime a lot. They're not going to get a lot of the 1 o'clock games. That's going to make some people uncomfortable. Because you're so used to that schedule. Because for 17 years, this team didn't mean anything. But now, you start out with back-to-back, and this team does not have a very normal schedule. Until November, they get only one home 1 o'clock game. Something that Bills fans are so used to. They only get one of those until November. But that's what this is. That's what this team means. Not just to the city, not just to this region. It means to the league that they're that good, that they need to be seen. The national audience needs to see the Bills whooping the snot out of the Patriots defense on December 1st. The league thinks that that is worth showing to people. They need to see the Bills squaring off with Green Bay in a primetime game at home. And hopefully putting down those miserable Titans. Josh, I know that you're you're a bit of the younger crowd. Is it still weird that the Bills open the season against the Rams? Is it weird to you? Is it not? Am I talking something just nonsensical? No, it is It is a little weird, but it's also really exciting because it shows you how much the perception of the Buffalo Bills has changed in the past even, like, two years or even, even a year ago. Like, I mean, sure, a year ago the Bills were still a very good team and, and all that, but, but now you're playing the defending Super Bowl champions in their arena on the opening night of football. That is miles from where the Bills were. I, I don't, even a couple I don't know how, years, even like, a couple years ago. I don't know. I don't know. Entering how, last year, yeah. we had to make sure. Okay, was this team a fluke? Did they catch lightning in a bottle? Right. And now they go ahead and say, "No, we're legit." Right. So now, with that answer, the league can go. Yeah, they're legit. Put them I, on opening night. I still remember the 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 first the first playoff game that broke the drought and all that and. If you would have told me then that this would be happening right now, I would have. I, I don't know if I would have believed it. I'm not. I'm not saying that 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 it's that crazy, but it's still quite an achievement for the Bills to come that far in that short amount of time. 
Not to mention the other part of it being that uh, in that moment, you were probably enjoying the moment. You didn't have, right. you didn't need anyone to say, this is the beginning of something new. A new era of Bills football where we are going to be feared and respected. And not just in the playoffs, ready to make some noise. Right, because that's what it looked like that year. Is like, oh wow, they're in. Like we're in the playoffs. Like there we go. And now it's it's if that's all we get, that's unacceptable. If the first round is all there is, that's completely unacceptable. And that's crazy that in five years that's changed that much. Yeah, it, it is. And the beautiful thing about it with this team is, you didn't know. What was going to happen? You didn't know how this team was going to develop from there. They basically deconstructed so much of that roster, on the offensive side of the ball at least, to uh, to fit to the modern game. And they didn't just do well at it. They thrived at it. You have, like I said, one of the best quarterbacks there is in the league. No matter what haters want to say about him. And it was the most... <laughs> it was the most... In- it was the biggest enigma of picks, bigger than even Lamar Jackson was, that was the player that you took and made him one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Made him someone that needs to be worthy of starting out the regular season as an opponent for a Super Bowl champion. And if not for what a defense managed to do or not do in a certain time frame that I don't think needs mentioning anymore, it might have been the Bills opening the season at home. Or it might have been this very matchup, a rematch. Do you want to hear some of the uh, some of the wide receivers from that 2017 Bills team? Oh, let me get his annex first. <laughs> so we've got we've got Zay Jones, who's actually you know has did a did surprisingly well with the Raiders last year. Still in the league. Still in the league. We'll call it that. Calvin Benjamin, not in the league. Uh, Andre Holmes. I don't think he's in the league. Jordan Matthews. Not in the league. Brandon Tate. I think he is retired. Deontay Thompson. I hope he's kicking around somewhere still. Joe Webb. <laughs> and Kalen Clay. Wow. That that was their that was their wide receiver core that year. Yeah. And they pretty much carried that over to the next year in in Josh Allen's first year. Right. Uh as a rookie. And they went, No, this kid we can't keep this up. No, we need to like do the whole thing over again. And they get rid of most of those players and bring in Brown and Beasley. And it, and then it evolves from there. They're like, we need one more piece. We know that piece. Stefan Diggs wants out. Okay, we'll take him. And they did. And everything worked out from there. Like you said, it was a masterclass of how they dis- deconstructed that offense into something so much better now. They didn't have to focus on a running back as the focal point of their offense. Like they were in 2017. That was LaShawn McCoy's offense. Instead, they managed to develop Allen into what he needs to be, which is appointment television. That's still the coolest thing about it is the Bills are appointment television now. And that's the part a couple years ago that people really wouldn't believe. Is that the Bills are not just appointment television for us, which they always are no matter how good or bad they are. Now they are for a national audience. And that is still what's weird to me. (laughs) Knowing how good they are for us is one thing. Realizing it from other fan bases is still another thing to me. When like you look at those 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 nationwide maps of like of of the teams that 
other states root for that might not have a football team, and a lot of them are blue and red for the Bills. And it shows you how far and wide Bills Mafia is. You could walk down the street in Montana and probably get a Go Bills if you were wearing a Bills hat. And that's that's what's awesome about this team is it's kind of becoming America's team. A lot of people love the atmosphere and the mentality of the Bills and Bills Mafia and just the city in general too. And it's great publicity not only for the city, but or not only for the team, but for the city as well. And yeah. it, it, it's awesome to see for the area and for the for for us too because you know it's showing people what we're all about yeah the other thing about it josh is that not only do they get to see this team they get to see this fan base sometimes like we're in the national scope and the fan base in the national scope has been pretty much pegged into one thing and one thing only they are table smashers and maniacs <laughs> that's what we're painted as as a fan base but in, in the hopes of more Bills games in prime time, well, the other thing they see is sometimes we donate to things. Um, but that's it. Maybe we can show them a little bit more about the fan base if they keep getting a national scope. That's the hope. Maybe that it's not just all table smashing and maniacness. But at the same time, continue it too, because that's also fun to look at sometimes. Just do it right. I don't want no amateurs jumping straight legs off of a bus into a table. You hear me? That's how you know if you're a real Bills fan or not. If you know pro- <laughs> if you know how to properly jump through a table. <laughs> if you if you know how to properly jump through a table, then you are a real Bills fan. Yes. That it, knowing how to properly go through one is is important. But no, it's again, I think it's a very fun aspect that this team is appointment television for the rest of the country. Whether you love them or hate them at this point. And to have unseated a 20-year nightmare. Granted, without a certain Tom Brady at the helm. But you still unseated him. They've won division titles without Brady before. They've made the playoffs without Brady before. I don't know if you count last year, really. Because they didn't show up. But I would love for a national audience to watch this Bills team tell New England, no, we're not punting again. And you can't stop us. That's the real cool thing to me, though, is that the Bills, they are a huge draw. Now, the question I still have is, why the hell are the Patriots? I think, I, I was just thinking about this, and I, I think what it is, is the, it, it's kind of, I, I compare it a little bit to the Leafs-Sabres rivalry in the sense of you want both teams to be good because that will be one heck of a game. When both teams are on the same level, I mean, that could be... What, what what was the one game? It was I think it was Kansas City uh, and the Rams a few years ago that had the highest score in NFL history. I think once the Bills and Patriots are on the same level again, and by that I mean the Patriots being better than bo- the bottom feeders they are now, I think <laughs> they're not even the bottom feeders yet. They're just middling. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, I, you're right because they did make the playoffs last year. I, okay, but technically, anyway, regardless, once they are at the level the Bills are at. It's gonna. I think that they have a chance to break that record, and those games are going to be insane to watch, and they're going to be so much fun because you're going to get touchdown after touchdown. You're going to get highlight real plays, all of it. And, and I mean, that's you get them anyway. You just don't see them on the other side. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it is fun to we just like to be boring. It is fun to just go out there and and beat them like that. But but it'll be also really fun to have such a high intensity or high high intensity game like that again. I. 
you know what, I don't share your sentiment because you just don't like excitement. No, 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 down poop creek. <laughs> I don't want this anytime soon. <laughs> I'm just saying eventually someday. Like no. After a, after a while, like they when, got when six we're like rings, 40. may they burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is my thought. Nope. May they burn in hell. Okay, that's <laughs> uh, that's a fair point. Point taken. But I, I do get what you're saying. Like for a national audience, that would be something that would be nice to see. Um, I don't think it's going to happen with how they're building their roster. But yes, um, maybe it's not New England, though. Maybe it's Miami. Maybe it's the Jets. Oh, oh! You're t- I was going to say maybe Kansas City, too. I mean, that's kind Kansas of, City and Buffalo has become a rivalry. That's basically what it already is. The only is, problem yeah. is the Bills aren't winning it when it matters the most. Right. And that's the tough part, is that they aren't winning it in the postseason, and that is where the drama really rises. It's not even a uh, can they do it, can they rise to the occasion issue. No, because this team made the conference championship already. They have won in critical situations. They just haven't beaten one team. And now, though, unlike their AFC conference championship, they have proven they can go shot for shot. One may call it a weird overtime coin toss that got a rule changed, by the way. The team is good enough that they changed the rule. If that doesn't tell you they're one of the elite of the league, I don't know what does. I mean, obviously, I'm preaching to the choir. Of course, Bills fans know this. But it's still weird, in a sense. So many of us were conditioned throughout these drought years that they would never be this good. Well, not never, but like it's still abnormal. There's an adjustment period. But unlike the weather that decided to give us mid to high 80s out of nowhere, uh, there was at least a break breaking in period. I still, like, I'm not used to it, but I love it. And you're right. There is partially, it's more of excitement sometimes too. But again, I'm not used to it. And selfishly as a worker, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of uh, not looking forward to all of it. <laughs> Because they are going to be a lot more often the weird hours. The the overtime show ends at like 1 a.m. or something like that. And I know it's so solely selfish. I was saying that with Joe on Thursday night. Um, like working Thanksgiving again. There's selfish reasons. I know that. But at the same time, it is still weird because of that. Knowing that we're going to be working until 1 a.m. on a fairly regular basis... Or having to come in for those holidays because the Bills are playing because that's who you slap on there for a national audience. You don't slap on a routine game of like Giants-Eagles. NFC East football, baby. Catch the fever. (laughs) I mean, the only thing routine about Thanksgiving at this point is Dallas and Detroit always being involved somehow. Yeah, and that's been there for years and years and decades and decades that... I don't think you ever move it. Like the, there's some people that are like, oh, if the Bills win again, do they should they just take the game from Detroit? No, Detroit doesn't have anything. Let them have something. Those poor Lions. They did have a very good schedule release video. They did. That was very nice. I liked I liked their one at the Bills too, where he, yeah. you know he threw he, him through he, the table. He, he helped a man with his tailgating festivities. Yeah, that was great. No, I loved yeah, it. I, I will say um, for anyone on Twitter that has not seen 
a lot of the team's schedule releases. The Bills just went weird with it, um, and I love them for that. But it was just weird for being weird. It's very on brand. It is. It's, like, it's right on brand. But also, look at newcomer Tim Settle getting in there right away. I was that was that surprised me. I was I was like, who are they gonna? Who else are they gonna have in here? And then he walks in. and I'm like, oh, well, right. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but the Bills just decided to go weird with it because they wanted to. And I'm like, you know what? I I am so happy. I cheer for these weirdos. And then the Lions had a great one. And then the Chargers. Oh my God, the Chargers. <laughs> I want to know what they were going to say about the Browns that their lawyers wouldn't let them say. I think that was just on purpose. They probably no, just no, no. Really... I, I know, I know, but it, no, that was. More I know, but like, the, the, but too. the pretense of that, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, what could they say? Well, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that um, libel is not a good idea to put on your schedule release, <laughs> considering that nothing has officially been convicted there yet. Um, you can't, you can't yet say it. But at the same time, that was just one. That was one of many shots that that schedule release took from the Chargers. And the dork in me was like, okay, I respect the animation too, by the way. Yeah, that was so out of nowhere too. I wouldn't have ever <laughs> expected that from them. But... The one thing that they were missing was uh, the P.F. Chang's tweet in their in their video. <laughs> That's it. Otherwise, it was perfect. What, what was your take on the uh, – the? how'd you like the Kyler Murray shots at, at, the, that at was, the Cardinals? No, Kyler Murray's shot was still, like, ranked so low compared to all the others that were so magnified, though, uh, because there was the Browns. There was Urban Meyer. Oh, my God. That, I didn't even get that one until, like, a couple days later. Yeah. I, I, I saw, Urban like, the, the, the comparisons. And then the little British flag in the background. That was that was a nice little touch, too. Yeah, no, they they were pretty detail-oriented. Um, the, the QB carousel. Uh, for the Colts, which has Pat McAfee pulling the lever. And then, of course, there was also the unicorn in the fourth one being Jacoby Brissett, who once made those comments before. So, like, they they really did well with it. The 28-3 with the Falcons. I'm happy the Bills just went weird with it. Speaking of the Falcons... But the Chargers still won. Where do the Falcons get the audacity to use wings as their schedule release... Mechanism that is not not only that, but they didn't even do well with it. No, it was weird. Like the 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 Texans were like it was like a barbecue wing, and then I I mean I I got I liked the, I liked the the uh, the box one with uh, expired wings and it you know shot at Tom Brady a little bit, but I I just I didn't get it. I mean, are yeah, wings in weird. Atlanta that good? I don't know. Or is oh is it the whole um. Remember a while, a while back? No, that was in Florida, wasn't it? With the NBA bubble and like, yeah. one of the players left to go get wings. Was that in Florida? Or was that yeah, in it was in Florida. Okay, oh, never mind that. Because I was going to say, maybe it's like that. They're carrying that over, but... No, there's. I don't understand why the Falcons decided to make claim on wings. Right, because you're in the league with the city that owns wings. Thanks for choking yet another game against Buffalo the, last year. You don't get to take our wings. Not allowed. Yeah, that was weird. And then the Browns, um, they were like trying to make fun of themselves for that uh, dog pound that the banner that got mixed up the one year. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. I I had to like do a little research into that one. That one was it was kind of deep. Yeah, and it was like of course they didn't get to say Bills for theirs because that's just five letters, so they put Bills Mafia in there. Um, and of course, the joke that I threw out there, redacted due to our lawyer's advice. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go to break so we can get Brian Koziel on. Last week was a uh, 
an obnoxiously fun Kentucky Derby? Would I say? I would say. I mean, anytime that you beat anyone in a race, do you try eating someone? Trying to, like, bite at them? No. But that happened at the Derby. Uh, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the PGA Championship coming up next week. Brian Cozy, and you know what? Probably throw some hockey thoughts out out his way, too, for Brian, because he's he's a can-do-everything masterclass kind of guy. We got Brian Cozy coming up next here on Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt with you here on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places well working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like t-mobile we have america's largest 5g network so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files to the coffee shop we have the 5g speed you need whatever takes you on the go t-mobile's got you covered find out more at t-mobile.com network today Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. That was a really big move right there because then this, the table is set for him to just run up the rail as the other front runners tire. Epicenter's two and a half links in front there. He was further back than usual early, but he handled it beautifully. Stormed to the lead. Sandin had a dream trip along the rail for most of the race. He swung out perfectly. It was the battle between the two horses we thought were the best. And out of the clouds, a lightning strike from Rich Strike. All right. That was highlights from last week's Kentucky Derby. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt. Last week's Kentucky Derby with the longest of shots. Someone that didn't get added until day of. And someone that, uh, and, and a horse that in Rich Strike that, Probably none of us would have actually put serious money on. But to recap some of that madness, go to the PGA Championship and much more. We are bringing in the ever-versatile, ever-knowledgeable Brian Koziel with us now on the Western Hotline. Brian, how you doing this Saturday morning? I am great, Derek. Josh, nice to uh, speak with you. It's a beautiful day. You got to say something, Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear you. Good to hear from you again, Brian. It was a uh, fun tee to green this morning. It was. It uh, it's always an early start on Saturdays for us, but we like doing it. And uh, it actually feels like golf weather finally. So it, the, the first month and a half of the season, we were doing it. I was wearing winter coats going to do the show. I'm like, this doesn't feel like I should be doing a golf show when there's still 30 degrees out but now it feels like it's golf season for sure come on brian you're not used to uh doing a golf show with snow on the ground (laughs) yeah you know the the enticement of 
getting people to be excited to play. You know, when we stroll up into the, <laughs> we pull up into the golf course at 5 a.m. and uh, you know it's it's pitch black and there's snow on the course. It it doesn't create the best visual for us on the radio here. <laughs> but today's a day. You know, we're we're, we're posting pictures all over uh, Twitter, so this way people are like, oh, that looks like a nice golf course. I want to go play today. Yes, it's beautiful out. Brian, uh, obviously we'll get more into uh, everything that you guys are doing with Tee to Green and, of course, the PGA Championship next week. But I just real quick wanted to go over uh, the immediate reaction from from last week's derby when, of course, you were down at Batavia Downs with Ryan Hasenauer for uh, the Kentucky Derby. What were your immediate thoughts about what was – a historic win in the grandest of stages. I mean, clearly that was about as unexpected as ever. I mean, second longest shot in the history of the Derby longest in our lifetimes. You got to go back to, I think it was 1913 or 1914 where you had a longer, you know, long shot of winning. So are you sure Paul or Howard wasn't there for that? He, he probably was. I don't know if he was in attendance (laughs) or if he, if he listened to the the, the, the the what the Morse code broadcast of it at that point, but, um, yeah, I mean, look at it. it's over a hundred years, and the second longest shot ever to win. So, to say that anybody would have predicted that, uh, obviously, you know, it, you you weren't. And the fact that even not only was it the long shot, but going in up until just a day or two in front of this event, the horse Rich Strike wasn't even in the field. The 20 horse ended up being scratched, and that was the 21st horse in in a 20-horse uh, field. So that's why officially the 21 horse won, because the 20 was scratched, and the Derby only allows 20 in. So, yeah, to say that that was a, a long shot, I mean, there's just there's nothing to compare it to in our lifetime. So pretty crazy. If you somehow had that bet, you obviously are, had a good week because you, uh, you had some extra spending money to go around for sure. I know that I did know a couple people that had it, not necessarily betting that horse, but a lot of people sometimes will bet, you know, a certain horse to win or to place, and then you you do like a kind of a, what they call a box where you say, okay, I'll put all the other horses in here, and that just got clumped in. Well, because it was such a long shot, it still paid pretty well. So for some that ended up winning, they had a nice payout for sure. That was a big one. If you are one that likes to bet long shots, you know, and – I put in a couple on a couple of long shots, but I didn't go that far down the board. I kind of took like mid-tier ones, like 30 to 1 and 40 to 1, just to say, hey, if that comes in, go for it. But I want to give Ryan Hasenauer credit from Batavia Downs. Now, he didn't predict Rich Strike would win, but when I walked in last week to go do the show, he's like, Brian, I got a feeling this week, I got a feeling like a long shot's going to win. I got a feeling a long shot's going to win. And then he said it again on the air, and then we talked about some of the long shots that might have a chance, and you know, ultimately, we had to go all the way down to the bottom to find it. It's a pretty, pretty crazy moment. You know, how that sets up for next week for the Preakness, I'm sure there's still going to be a lot of hesitation, like, okay, that had to have been a fluke, right? But we'll see. I, I'm curious next week at the Preakness to see, will public be on board with betting this horse again or giving it a legit shot? I think that'll be an interesting discussion going in. Unfortunately, it looks like, uh, according to articles here i'm reading from the new york times there will be no triple crown winner this year as rich strike announcing that uh obviously not the horse himself but uh the owner of rich strike announcing thursday that they will skip the preakness and instead run the Uh, belmont stakes yeah so that's too bad because that obviously the lure of the triple crown is there but 
there's such a curiosity now about this horse because of how it won and how it was such a long shot and to not have that storyline coming in is too bad. It's, you know, that that's part of the buildup of the sport for these three triple crown races is, is there a chance for one? So that's, that's too bad that Rich Strike's not going to be able to participate in that event. Especially as you said, like uh, earning a lot of fans too, that, uh, that Rich Strike is not going to be in there. I, for one was a, a fan of the chaos of after winning the race, he starts chomping on another horse, but uh, that's just the <laughs> yeah. chaotic nature. I am. That was crazy. <laughs> I mean, they were down there and, biting and then the rope was like caught there for a while they couldn't separate the two pretty, pretty wild scene for sure i yeah, too bad that they're not going to race next week i understand the argument maybe behind sitting it out or not doing it but for the sport's sake it ruins a great storyline to not have them race next week at the preakness it, it, it does but you know what i'm sure that they'll still especially with earning a couple of new fans with how that happened. They can look for another long shot to see if the magic can be recaptured with someone else. But, Brian, uh, obviously, tee to green every Saturday. If you're not listening and you and you take up golf, you're doing it wrong because you can always listen to Brian, Jeff Medes, and Kevin Sylvester every morning at 7 a.m. on Saturday right here. So make sure you're doing it. So, Brian... PGA Championship next week. Speaking of defending champions not being in events, Phil Mickelson not taking part in the PGA Championship. What a year difference for the public image of Phil Mickelson. I mean, a year ago, he's probably at the peak of his career in terms of his popularity, in terms of his likability. Historically, he sets the record being the oldest player ever to win a golf major tournament and we know Mickelson for anybody that's watched Mickelson in his career we know he's an exciting player to watch that's why his nickname is Phil the Thrill like just he had always kind of taken the more aggressive approach and maybe even sometimes it's cost him a tournament along the way including a, a maybe a U.S. Open along the way it's championship a chance to win um, but for him to win last year uh, at the age of 51 just incredible story for him to do it against the best, you know, mid-20s and 30-year-olds in the world. And the, the ratings were historically high. I mean, minus when Tiger Woods wins majors, it was as high as it could possibly be last year. Mickelson was very, you know, he's so active on social media. Not, of course, currently, but uh, then he's, he was involved quite a bit with what Josh Allen's going to be playing in next month, which is those matches that they do once or twice a year. To, uh, to do a charitable fundraiser, but also, of course, get eyeballs on the TV and have these lucrative events where they had Tom Brady play and Peyton Manning play and Phil and Tiger played in it. Uh, we know, of course, have, we're going to have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go up against Brady and Rodgers, but Mickelson's been involved in basically all of those. And now, because of his public comments and stances about possibly playing in what is supposed to be an upstart uh, league run by the Saudi Arabians. Uh, he's gotten himself in a world of trouble. I think he comes off looking very, very out of touch. And to be basically trying to defend people that have done some really inhumane things. I mean, this isn't just like, yes, you know, this isn't money that is dirty money from the Saudis. Like, this is some, this, where this money has come from. Like, this is. This is beyond just golf and sports. Like, this is some really, just really, really bad things that people have done. Uh, and I, you know, for Mickelson to sit here and defend them, like, to me, he just, he looks, 
very, very bad. To me, no surprise why players have turned against him. The, the PGA Tour is about as close as it gets, Derek, in terms of players not saying bad things about others. In other sports, sometimes it's a little bit more free in terms of guys going after others. PGA Tour, you rarely see it. And there, there's a lot of prominent names, including Rory McIlroy, who's come out and said, like, Phil's wrong. He's in the wrong. He's barking up the wrong tree. For a lot of people, it looks like a money grab for a guy that's worth hundreds and hundreds of millions. And then, of course, there's a story that comes out about how he's lost $40 million in gambling over the last few years. And he's you know, calling the PGA Tour greedy when people have done the research and said, like, Phil Mickelson's made – you know, $233 million over the course of his career on the PGA Tour. Like, it just, it comes off so bad in so many ways. And for a guy that I think was at the top of his career, I know I'm rambling here, uh, what a turnaround, a total 180. And now, not only did he not play in the Masters last month, but now he's withdrawn from the PGA, where this is supposed to be a celebration week for him. He's the defending champion. It was a historical moment, the oldest guy ever to win a major. And... He's not even going to be there now to defend his title and do all the, the glitz and glamour that goes into it being the defending champion. So too bad for him, but uh, he definitely, you know, he's the one that stepped in his, you know what, on his own. He, he did it to himself with his mouth. Brian Koziel joining us on the Western Hotline. Uh, Brian, obviously then the shift goes away from your defending champion that will not be there. Uh, instead, who are the guys that you want to look for most? Obviously Tiger's going to be a huge draw he did play admirably for uh, his situation after the February car wreck in 2021. Being able to hold his own in in a major, being in his first real competitive situation since that car wreck. Who are the, obviously you're looking for Tiger to see if he does well, but the other big names. What do we got? What are we looking for for who you should be looking for as favorites heading in here? Yeah, and, and you're right on. Tiger is still going to draw the most eyeballs. People still want to watch him play. And for him to still be a part of his comeback uh, here, that's still going to be a great story to see. And, you know, he made the cut at the Masters. This will be a tougher task for him. But guess what? The last time the PGA Championship was held at this course, which is Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, he was the champion. So he knows, obviously, that he can play this course well. He did. Physically, will his leg hold up? Well, he's had another month to rest and heal and practice, so uh, that'll be something to obviously watch out for. Now, at the top, as you mentioned, Scotty Scheffler comes in with his Masters win, comes in winning four of his last six events where he's played it as an individual. There was one team event in there, but uh, four of six. On the PGA Tour, that just doesn't happen. So he's having one of the best starts to a season that any golfers had in history. I mean, you've, you've got to look at moments that like Tiger has had put on uh, from his time when he was so dominant back in the early 2000s. So Scheffler clearly there, uh, interesting nugget Scheffler in the PGA tour media guide. As I was looking it up, it says they, they list every golfer. They have, of course they do a little bio on every player. His favorite course listed Scotty Scheffler Southern Hills, where the PGA will be this week. So he, obviously loves playing here. So that'll be a guy I think that clearly uh, will be at the top. A couple other names. John Rahm is a guy that clearly, I think, has had a great calendar season. I think you'd have to include him into the mix. Uh, Jordan Spieth won a month ago. He's playing very well this week. I think he's a guy that maybe has an opportunity to win this week. Uh, Rory McIlroy, still a guy that always can be a factor when he's playing on his A game. 
McIlroy has to avoid the bad round. At the Masters, we know he had that incredible finish, actually gave himself an outside chance to win if Scheffler would have came back. But he always seems to have that one bad round that really kind of puts him behind the eight ball for the rest of the tournament. But there's so many guys that are playing good. Colin Morikawa is playing good. Justin Thomas is playing good. I mean, there's, there's, I could probably argue a dozen guys that I could say they're the favorite. But for me, if Scheffler keeps playing great, I mean, he could go two for two, as tough as that sounds. But Rahm is another guy, and Spieth's playing very well. Those are, those are some of the guys at the top that I would be looking for to give themselves a chance to win on Sunday. I'd imagine you'll be getting picks with, uh, with Mike and Chris this week. We will. Our big t- our uh, pick ten segments coming up, and I think it's my turn to pick. So I think I better start getting really ready to to hone in on that. But yeah, we'll have that Wednesday afternoon on their show. And uh, Brian, last one before you go. Uh, there are seven game sevens this weekend, by the way, uh, between the two leagues in the NHL and the NBA playoffs. Seven game sevens. The one, obviously, that I think that people around here will want to talk about, just because we don't like seeing them win. Uh, the Leafs and Tampa. I want to get your opinion on what that's going to look like, what you think is going to happen there. Will the uh, will the Leafs finally be able to move on for the first time since 2004, or will the memes and jokes continue? I would love to be in the building tonight in Toronto to just feel what that pressure is going to feel like on the Leafs. Can they blow another series lead with multiple chances to close a team out now, they're doing it against the two-time defending champion, Lightning, who you know, I feel like they're up for the pressure moment here. They've done it over the course of the last two, two seasons. Can Toronto do it? I don't even know if Toronto playing at home would even be an advantage in this case. If Tampa gets the first goal, what is the scene like inside Scotiabank Arena there? Like, it's, man, the, the pressure that these players are going to be feeling if they get bounced from the first round again, the pressure from the front office of, you know, do they have to make major changes? Is this a flawed makeup? I think Toronto's excellent. I think they've been the better team in this series. That overtime the other night, game six, Toronto was all over him. Vasilevsky was amazing in net. For whatever reason, I feel like Toronto's going to pull it out tonight. I, just, I think they're just too talented. I think they've been the better team in the series. But if Tampa gets that first goal, Derek, man, like, oof. You'd be able to hear a pin drop. Yes. I mean, my goodness, what will that feeling be like? Uh, for for the drama and the story of it, if Tampa can get an early one nothing lead, like, that's how I would want to see it. Like, okay, Toronto, can they face not only the pressure coming in, but now, you know, Tampa got an early goal. Like, how is that going to play out? How are they going to react? How is How are the fans going to react in the building? Like, I would love to hear how that ends up playing out tonight. But I got a suspicious feeling Toronto will end up getting this done. And you know what? Tampa's had their time. I, I don't have a particular liking for Tampa anyway, so I, I'm, I'd be fine with them bouncing out. <laughs> the intrigue for me in the entertainment part of this is Toronto does win. Toronto, Florida in the next round could just be like an all-star game level score. I mean, we could have eight to six games in that with how those teams fly and how they like to score and how they have inconsistent goaltending. So, that would be a really, really juicy second-round matchup if you could get those two end up playing there. And You know, the other game sevens, I think Edmonton has, because of Toronto getting all the headlines about blowing a lead, I think Edmonton's got some pressure on them with the Kings. Uh, I think, you know, their favorites going in, they've got the face of the NHL and Connor McDavid. Could Edmonton again not advance against a team that on paper definitely does not have the talent that Edmonton does? So I think there's definitely some pressure 
for McDavid and the Oilers there to kind of get that done. And I'll throw in one little nugget. I'm really looking forward to watching the Bucks and the Celtics. I think Milwaukee's super likable. I love watching Giannis play. But the Celtics have been really, really good. Jason Tatum has been awesome in the playoffs. Uh, on the NBA side of things, that's a, that's a game seven I can't wait to watch. And this is why we have you on, Brian. You cover all the bases in pretty much anything. And no topic is not within your grasp of knowledge. So thank you for joining us and dropping your wisdom on these fools. Thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy your Saturday, and have a great rest of your show. All right. Brian Koziel of T to Green every Saturday morning here on WGR at 7 a.m. You should be listening. It's always fun. Uh, and, of course, everything that he had. We went through the horse racing. We went through the golf with the PGA Championship. We went through hockey. And then out of nowhere, Brian just drops another nugget there. Just, hey, you know what? Let's throw some NBA playoffs in there real quick. So thank you for Brian joining us. We're late. I pulled a Geary. We'll be back on the other side. Sports Talk Saturday continues on. Pat Malacaro joining us at noon on WGR. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Welcome back. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt, we're hanging out with you until 2. 
And we just had Brian Koziel on with us last segment, going through a bevy of things with the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, PGA Championship, what's gone wrong with Phil Mickelson, and of course a couple nuggets about the Games 7. Is it Game 7 or Game 7s? That's going to be one to think about. I think it's Game 7s. Games, game 7s? Yeah, not I Games think- 7? I think it's. I think it would be games. Game sevens. Put a I, poll I, up. Is it games seven or game sevens? Or is it games is <laughs> sevens is? I don't. <laughs> and with that thought, we are going back to break. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt. Next on the other side, Pat Malcaro, voice of the Bisons, joining us. We'll talk some stuff around the diamond. What's going on with the Jays? What's going on with the Bisons in particular, and some other stuff around the league as well. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt. Sports Talk Saturday, moving on to Hour 2 next on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. 